Welcome to the Life Church Auburn Hills Sermon Podcast. We're a multicultural community being transformed and empowered by the grace, truth, and love of Jesus. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged by this week's message. Well, good morning. You can all see, be seated. My name is Yang Chen, and I'm one of the pastors here. It's great to welcome you all. Good to see you all. Yeah, thank you for coming. Before we start, let me just open us up in a brief word of prayer. Let's pray. Oh, Lord. We come before you here today, knowing that you brought us all here for a reason. It's not by accident that we've all come here from different places, from different lands, from different countries and cultures. So, Lord, we pray that as we come together, you might show yourself to us today. That we can get to know you more and experience the joy and the contentment that you have in store for us. So, Lord, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, stir up our hearts within us and let us experience you and worship you and follow after you more and more with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, raise your hand if you know who this person is. Oh, okay, we have about half. Maybe the next slide, you guys can see this one. You may jog your memory. Keep your hands up. Let's see, let's do a little survey. I say about a third. Not too bad, okay. So if you don't know who, who she is, her name's Marie Kondo. Recently, she's been taking our, our nation by storm with her techniques and methods. I discovered her actually not recently with Netflix, but maybe about five years ago, just browsing the internet, looking at books on Amazon, and her book was trending. Her book was called The... What is it? The magic art of tidying up. The life-changing magic of tidying up. And when I saw that, I was like, wait a minute. I like to organize. I'm a minimalist. This dress shirt is the only dress shirt I own. I have five of these. So I wear this every time that I need to, you know, dress up a little bit. One pair of khakis, okay? So I was like, I got to read that book. I got to learn more techniques and methods to be more minimal, to be more organized, to declutter. So guess what I do? I go to Barnes & Noble. I find the book. I sit down on that big comfy sofa they have, and I read that book for four hours, the whole book. Right? Because I got to save money. (laughs) And save space on my shelf for another book. Anyway, also after I read that book, my clothes, my shirts kind of changed too. They, they went from this, you know, flat like pancakes, to this, standing strong, all right? Some of you all, yeah, some of you all know what I'm talking about. Some of you all do this as well. Because, you know, when they stand, it's, it's less wrinkly. And you can put more in the drawer. It's, it's just, there's a science and an art behind it. So... I learned the life-changing magic of folding clothes. 
All right. So what I did, what I started to think as I examined this phenomenon, I was like, why is this? Why is our nation, why is like so many people talking about this stuff? Then I was thinking, oh, the reason we need to declutter or organize in the first place is because we have so much stuff. So then I'm like, why do we have so much stuff to begin with? Do you guys ever wonder that? Why do we have so much stuff? I think the simple answer is because it makes us happy, or at least we think it'll make us happy. There's this definition that we've been throwing around in this whole series of Beyond Happy. You guys heard this over and over again. We said joy is an emotion that's sustained by connection to and confidence in God. But happiness, let me spin that for you today. I'm going to tell you the definition of happiness. Happiness is an emotion sustained by connection to and confidence not to God, but to these things, right? It could be the things that you love. It could be relationships that you hold on to. It could be your job or your finances or your investments. These things bring us happiness. But these things are, are always fleeting because we want more and more and more of it to sustain our happiness. You see, happiness is a finite resource because we need to always get more and more of these things to be happy because our mood and emotions are always changing and always desiring new things to be happy. But joy, joy is an infinite resource because joy comes from God and God is an infinite and eternal God. Amen. So today, we're going to discover and learn about the secret of joy the secret of contentment, the secret of experiencing this emotion that's sustained and infinite because it's connected to our God. All right, with that, let's turn to the book of Philippians. If you have your Bibles, I will also put it on the screen. The book of Philippians is Paul's letter to the Philippians. We've been going through it chapter by chapter, and today we're in chapter four, the final chapter, kind of to conclude our whole series so I'm going to start reading Philippians chapter 4, starting from verse 12 and 13. It says this. This is Paul. He wrote the letter, and he's saying this. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. The secret is in verse 13. It says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. This verse is perhaps the most misquoted, taken out of context, and popular Bible verse of all time. You guys might have heard this be said this way. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. 
You might see it on football players' uh, eye, eye black, I think is what it's called, right? Little thing they put on their face, Philippians 4.13. Because why? Because they want to channel the power of God. They want to channel the power of God to throw further, to hit harder, to run faster so they can win. But this verse, if you look at the previous verse, all things, all these things is pointing back to Paul, whether he is in need or whether he has plenty. In other words, whether he loses or whether he wins, he's content because he has God and he's content because he has joy. It's actually kind of like the total opposite of how these athletes are using it. But if you meet an athlete and they're like getting ready, like a football player, big, strong guy, and they're getting ready to play and they're getting hyped and they're, they're using that verse to get inspired, please, please don't tell them what I just told you. <laughs> at, at, least, at least not at that moment. All right, you can thank me later, okay? It might not end well. So maybe at another time you can sit them down and talk like theology, talk Bible, all right? Let's get back to this verse. The key here is this idea of through him. I can do all this. I can be content. I can have joy through him who gives me strength. Who is this him? This him has a name. His first name is Holy. His last name is Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Do you all know who the Holy Spirit is? It's God. When God comes inside of you, when you believe in God, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, God who is out there now comes in here, inside of you. And then he empowers and transforms you so that you can experience joy. You can have contentment in all situations, whenever the timing and whatever the circumstance. But you might be like, okay, I get it. I get it. I get that we need God. I get that it's not about what I have, whether I have a lot or whether I have little. It's about who I know. And I know God, and I know the Holy Spirit. But Paul, come on. You don't make sense to me. Because, Paul, I know you as someone who is very passionate about planting churches and now that you're arrested, why are you so content? Why don't you just go out there and plant more churches? Why don't you go out there and meet the people that you're transforming the hearts and lives of? Don't you want to do that, Paul? No. I'm good. I'm content. I have joy. Okay, Paul. Tell, tell us more. There's got to be more to this. And when we zoom out, and look at Philippians now, the first two verses, we can see what Paul is getting at. Let's take a look, all right? Let's take a look now, starting at Philippians chapter 4, verse 10, all the way to what we just read in verse 13. Let's read together here, if I can find where it is on my notes. There it is. All right. I rejoice greatly in the Lord. Just like earlier we sang, right? that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. 
I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. You might have noticed that I highlighted two words because those are the exact same two words, and those words are repeating. You see, when, when I'm talking to you, when I'm speaking here, I, I need to repeat myself sometimes because you guys might forget what I said two minutes ago because you don't have a recording that you can listen and, and trace back, at least not here. But in writing, if I were to write to you what I'm talking about, I don't have to repeat myself. I don't have to repeat different things because you could look back and reference what I wrote maybe a few sentences earlier. So in the Bible, especially in the book of Philippians, when Paul here writes a letter and he's repeating a word such as learn here, it means it's very, very, very important. And he's trying to draw some emphasis to that and try to teach us something. So Paul, what do you want to teach us? I believe he wants to teach us that contentment is something that's learned. Even for Paul, the great apostle who planted all these churches, he even needs to learn contentment. He even needs to learn how to have joy in all situations. And this is how he learned. At first, his eyes were blinded. He can't see. And he's also starving. He went through that. And then he was beaten. Beaten and bruised, whipped with rods and lashes, this close of dying. He was also stoned once. And then he was betrayed by his closest friends, his very own people, the Jewish people betrayed him, casted him out. Even the Gentiles that God has called him to reach betrayed him. He became very lonely. And then we also find out that he has a thorn in his flesh. He has this physical ailment that is hurting him so much that he's praying to God to take it away. And God's like, no, I'm going to keep it there for a reason. And now he's under house arrest. He's, he's towards the end of his life. And the reason he can say that he's content and he has joy is he looks back and he sees all that that God has done through all those different moments. You see, for Paul, he realized something. He realized that there's purpose in the pain there. There's a reason for every season that he was in. And that purpose and that reason is to help him be more and more content with God. To have more and more joy no matter what the circumstances are. And this is the real secret, actually. 
The real secret is in the struggle. That is the secret sauce. These struggles that Paul has is what taught him to be content, which gave him the power to realize that the Holy Spirit is working within him no matter what the outside circumstances are, no matter how he's even feeling physically, the Holy Spirit is there in him working. And even though he is now arrested and can't get out there, he believes that God has a purpose in this struggle as well, that churches will still get planted and the message of the love of Jesus will still go out there. In fact, it has gone so far that it has reached us today. Amen? We, are, we know Jesus. We are here to worship him in part because of Paul and his struggles and his experience with God and God's work through him now to us today. The secret is in the struggle. I've been struggling. I've been struggling ever since my wife got pregnant. <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> so, I'm kind of a, I have some OCD, I guess you could say. I'm a little worried. I get worried easily. So, when my wife got pregnant and I realized that there's a baby growing inside of her, Ooh, I got real worried about her and her health and the baby, of course, and all that. So whenever she goes up and down the stairs, I'm like, hey, babe, you got to, can you please, like, hold on to the handrail? You know, I don't want you to fall. Because in my mind, I have, like, all these scenarios playing out. And then, like, when she's eating food that has, like, sugar in it, I'm like, babe, can you not eat that and spike up your blood sugar because you have gestational diabetes? And then I also don't want her to drive because, you know, who knows what's going to happen if she drives. Oh, you guys are, uh, it's not meant to, anyway. I just, I like driving. So I, I, I drive her around and I take her to work in the morning and take her back home. So I get worried. I, I, ha, I, I get scared about her. I, I want to make sure she's good. All right. So earlier on this summer, I had this opportunity to go to Israel. My seminary, they were like, hey, really cheap trip for you students. And I was like, yes. But then I was like, oh, no, my wife, my pregnant wife. And then I was talking to her. I was like wrestling with her. I was like, babe, should I go? I don't know. I feel like you really need me <laughs> to do all this stuff for you. And then we decided, we prayed, and we decided it was a great opportunity for me to go. So I, I signed up, and I paid. But then even after that, I was feeling a little bit uneasy. I was struggling. One night I was doing dishes, and I was like wrestling with God. And I was like, God, why? Why, why are you doing this? You know, she, why am I going for like a week? This is like seven days. Actually, it was like more than a week, nine days, I think. Why am I going to Israel when my wife needs me to do this and do that? And I feel like I'm a little uneasy right now. And while I was doing dishes, I heard a voice, and, and the voice said this. When I was saying to God, she needs me, 
the voice says, no, you need me. I was like, God, wow, is that you? And I was like, wow, that makes sense. Because I'm like all riled up and worried about her and thinking that she needs me. And I'm forgetting who I need, right? I need God. I need to trust God with my wife. So I was like, God, thank you for convicting me again, of course. And, and I go. I go and I experience this great joy, happiness, great time in Israel. I saw the Holy Land, like the stuff that we read in the Bible. I saw it with my very own eyes. Met some really cool people. And really got deep with, with faith and like thinking about Judaism and Christianity and like how it interwines faith and works and all that good stuff. So I had a great time. And when I came back, guess what? My wife was okay. She was okay. So I just want to remind you guys. And I, let's have the band come back up too as we close a little bit. I want to remind you guys that the secret of trusting God, the secret of contentment comes from the struggle. But even more than that, when we struggle together, we learn better. Right? Paul's trying to teach us the secret of contentment. Paul's saying it's about who you know, it's about the Holy Spirit. It's about your struggles and how that also teaches you to grow in your faith and know God. But Paul also planted all these churches and know that all these relationships are being built with each other, just like here with us. So our struggle is not just on our own. Our struggle is together as one body. Leona, for example, shares with me about her struggle and her mom, and you all can pray for that. And also I hear about all these other people too, Belinda as well. All these people have different struggles. Every one of you have struggles. But when we share that with each other, we can learn about how God is working in each one of us so that we can grow in our knowledge of him but also, more importantly, have joy no matter what the circumstances. Because one person might be down and struggling, but the other might be on fire for Jesus. So that person that's on fire for Jesus can give some of that fire to the person struggling. So, our leadership team, <laughs> another thing that we do that, that Pastor Donero and initiated in our leadership, our staff meetings, is we have life shares. We share our struggles, and we pray for each other. It's a great time for us to just connect and to share our struggles and grow together and learn from each other how to be content with where God has us today. So I encourage you all to keep building relationships Keep talking to people. Keep growing as we struggle beautifully together to know God more 
and to have more joy and contentment in our lives. Let me pray. Oh, Lord. You know each and every one of us in here. You see us. You see us right now. You see our hearts. You see our aches and pains, our struggles. So, Lord, Lord, take those things and use those things for your glory. And give us wisdom and guidance. Help us to know, like Paul knew, that the secret is in these struggles. That these struggles are not the end of us. That these struggles are the beginning of revelation. Beginning of knowledge. Beginning of knowing the Holy Spirit more intimately. Beginning of knowing you more intimately. And how you work in these struggles to make a beautiful end. How you work in these struggles to help us to be more content and have more joy. How you work in these struggles to help us to know you more and to devote more of our lives and to surrender more of our hearts, more of our possessions, more of our family and friends, more of our jobs and our investment accounts all at your feet. Because our lives are made by you and for you. So everything that we have is yours, O oh Lord. So Lord, teach us. Teach us like you taught Paul. And teach us like you're using Paul to teach us what it means to struggle, what it means to have contentment, what it means to know each other in here. So Lord, help us. Help us to overcome maybe some of the anxieties we have of building relationships here. I know I, I, I get worried and scared and not know what to say sometimes when I meet new people here and and Lord may you help us to even in the midst of our some of our worries and anxieties that we can be confident in that knowing that you are with us and that Holy Spirit is here and that we don't need to worry about each other we can just keep our eyes on you so, Lord, thank you for the series of Beyond Happy in Philippians. Thank you for all the pastors that have preached in this series and all the pastors here that are encouraging all of us to connect more with you and to go deeper in our own selves as well, to learn more about our own identities, our own ethnicities, our own, all these different parts of ourselves that you've created that you've beautifully created and want us to express and embrace in each other. So Lord, come and may your Holy Spirit continue to do a great work within us as we go about our weeks, as we go to our jobs and our families and our schools. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about us, visit us online at lifechurchopenhills.org.